Hello, welcome to another episode of the Squiggly Film Club podcast. I'm Ben Mitchell, joined by Laura Beth Cowley. Hello, Laura. Hello. And Steve Henderson. Hello, Steve. Hello. And our good pal, Aaron Wood. Hello. Hello. Joining us uh, for a very special episode of... uh, Well, it's not particularly special. (laughs) It's one of our Christmas specials. It's special in the sense that about 5% of this film is about Christmas. Uh, but it's a franchise that's sort of dear to mine and Aaron's hearts. Absolutely. In that we sort of remember it from growing up. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, everyone has fond memories of this. I said, I put on uh, on Twitter earlier on that, that I do have fond memories of this film, but watching it again, I've not seen it since I was six, seven, something like that. Um, and I'm prepared to have the, the thin veneer of uh, of childhood memories sandblasted from this uh <laughs> from this just by watching it um yeah i don't think it repeats it's, it's good for repeat viewing well we'll see about that shall we? <laughs> uh, we are of course talking about dot and santa claus uh alternately known as uh around the world with dot slightly better title i mean it is about dot and santa claus sort of but um well we'll explain as we go like I say, not super Christmassy, more of a kind of misguided uh, edutainment film about different cultures, I suppose. It is a sequel to, I think, a more generally beloved film called Dot and the Kangaroo. And that was a film just kind of about Australian wildlife and uh, folk legends and things like that. And from what I've seen when I kind of skim that film, it holds up a little better. It, they're both pretty um, cheap and cheerful shall we say. Ben, should we play the film? Because we're running out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> Are we dug like halfway through the trivia barrel already? <laughs> the three <laughs> things we can say about this film. Okie doke. Fingers poised on the play button. Mm-hmm. And three, two, two one. one. Beautiful. Yoram Gross, or Gross. I'm liking the font choices. All of them. Yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good arrangement. There's serif, there's sans serif, there's italic, there's non-italic. It's <laughs> Some of the colours are slightly different for reasons unknown. There's something for everyone. Indeed. There's that font for everyone. When was this made? I believe this was 1981. I think this was about a year after the... Before all of us were born then. So, uh, yes, as, as people will have deduced, if they are watching along, and you can uh, you can track this film down fairly easily, um, uh, I'm not going to, to suggest any unsalubrious methods, but uh, if you are indeed watching along with us, you'll have deduced that it is not, in fact, animation just yet. We're, uh, we're following a sort of Steve Irwin type, uh, working his way through the, uh, the Australian <laughs> bush. Yes. And uh, so this kind of sets up what's a head-scratcher of a premise of a film. It's basically a film about a guy who walks around on his own, interacts with children, um, doesn't appear to have any adult friends, and uh, absconds with one of said children uh, dressed up as Santa Claus and takes her on a merry adventure. That's so wrong. Well, I mean, the execution of it is even stranger. Um, 
So this, okay, now we need to have the sound on a little bit for this to hear some wonderful ADR, especially of the brother. Oh, sorry about that, kids. I'm not a kid. Ben's my name, mister. <laughs> what the oh, shit that is, is that? so bad. Why is he a London <laughs> cockney? A, Why is he an extra from Oliver Twist? It's a 45-year-old chain-smoking woman's voice. You like the egg. <laughs> I'm not a kid, mister. I'm a 40-year-old divorcee. <laughs> I I've seen some things, mister. <laughs> Thank you, please. Uh, so, yes, this happened upon Dot Zoo, which I guess is a little petting zoo type thing she set up in her backyard with her brother. I don't remember there being a brother in the first one. Um, and the that brother is. Would not survive in Australia. He's so blonde. <laughs> He'd burn <laughs> so quickly. Why is he not wearing a hat? Um. So you'll notice also that Dot's voice uh, was also dubbed uh, the woman, I guess, who does the uh, the voice of her as a cartoon version of herself. Uh, I am mesmerised by ADR. this kid's hair. It's so perfectly bowl shaped. I used it's, to have the haircut quite when I was the that lines on it are perfect. I, I used to have the haircut. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm not sending any photos. It's perfect. It's like <laughs> it's it's COVID haircut worthy. <laughs> Like he did it with a ruler. You're, you're thinking of a brick wall. <laughs> it's very village of the damned. <laughs> sorry to ruin the ending. Those shoes are shit for the outback. I'm sorry. Why is he wearing loafers? Yeah, I, I don't think he's, <laughs> he's gonna die. Properly equipped to. Uh... They're all wearing like tap shoes. Is there a dance routine? Now, well, there's musical numbers. Hey. I like how that's like the flashback, like it was paused and like someone had to like press play on it. So is Dot meant to be that little girl? <laughs> oh, the little cartoon girl that looks nothing like the actress. Why is she ginger yes. now? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? This is the majesty of was Dot. Was it that hard to find a ginger kid? They found a kid whiter <laughs> than the driven snow to play her brother. <laughs> Aww. These are all clips from the first film. This is reused footage, isn't it? Yeah, they what is that thing on her elbow? This actually does something I've never Ugh. seen another film do, like a sequel to a film. They'll they'll have clips from the previous film. This part of, of Dot Around the World just is... The next ten minutes is just footage from Dot and the Kangaroo. And it's not even edited like previously <laughs> when we were last with It's just like... It's playing in real time as it did in the previous movie. Like, we, we hear the whole song from beginning to end. What's um, meant to have happened between us? What happened in the live action to make us come to this point? So she's telling a story. Oh, okay. She's reading from her diary. Um, I'm not going to do the voice. Uh, that she, you know, has illustrated her adventure, which is basically the movie Dot and the Kangaroo. So the premise of that is she gets lost in the bush and uh, she turns into a cartoon, presumably as a coping mechanism, which will also come into play in this one, uh, and befriends the wildlife, in particular this... Why is that kangaroo so tired? Well, Kangaroos are massive. Oh, not anymore. Oh, wait, it keeps turning on and off. What? The, the bags under her eyes. <laughs> you will see a lot of fluctuation in colour and line work, uh, proportions, <laughs> relationship to the backdrop... <laughs> it's it's a wonderful cavalcade of misjudged visual execution. Do you think they saw Roger Rabbit and were like, "We'll do that"? Uh, well, I mean, if they foresaw Roger Rabbit, Whoa. they're like, "Let's let's beat them to the punch 
and you know, mastered this art of live action and animation mixed media. So anyway, so Richard Williams, I'm sure, if he had seen this film, wouldn't have taken the gig. I'm he would have been like, it's already been perfected. Oh my. I'm very unhappy about her being in the kangaroo's pouch, having watched videos of what's inside kangaroo's pouches. <laughs> it's, um, it's also a kind of weird codependency situation. The mother kangaroo, who was adopted, young Dot, and put her in her pouch... Uh, she has lost her baby Joey, and that is the, the the plot of the first film. It's the hunt for the Joey, finding Joey somewhere in the bush, wherever he went. He was scared away by hunters. Laura, had you, um, sorry to interrupt him, but Laura, have you seen Dot and Kangaroo or any Dot films? Okay, no, I've so not seen any of these. To- I was hoping that maybe something... Newbie. We're watching it now, there's 20 <laughs> minutes of it. <laughs> I was hoping there was going to be something that would flash in my memory, but no. No. no, this is definitely not a part of my life. Well, I, I, what I remember. What the hell is she doing? This being one of the films that was like rented for us at the little video shop in Stroud, and the whole bit where she gets lost in the woods, I never saw um, until seeing this flashback sequence because someone else had rented it, and their one of their parents had taped over that bit with the football. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> Shortly afterwards, they they amended VHS cassette tapes with a little thing in the back that you couldn't do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was back in the early eighties. Did you just randomly think there was a footy match in the middle of the film? Well, I thought it was part of the live action fusion <laughs> thing. Yeah. Did Did you think that you were watching the director's cut every every subsequent time you watched it, and there was no football? Were you like, oh wow, bonus features? Exactly. It's like, oh, yes, I've, I've, I've found a, a hidden master print. <laughs> Whoa, what is that thing? I mean, he's saved a few quid here, hasn't he, by uh, old, uh, old Yoram, by, by using so much of the first film. What confuses me, and I'm not going to try and find logic in it, is that the first film it was set in the turn of the century, 1890s, and this one is so. This film that's taking place, the one we're watching now, from the first film, it is, it is supposed to be Victorian era Australia, and the next film, it's whenever tennis shoes were invented, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, that D- Dot and Santa Claus is definitely um, set in the eighties. There's no sort of mm. question about that. We we as we see different cultures of the world, it is not. How old is this child? Well, it must be some kind of um, Australian folk tale, I guess, of the the young girl who never ages. Um, I didn't realise the original movie was meant to be set uh, that far in the past, but I don't really remember that much of the setup. I remember sequences from it. Um, Yeah. But... uh, yeah, it's like, you know, it's. I guess we just... Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the film you just kind of have to turn your brain off and accept. <laughs> um, and mainly, I mean, the ending of this film, I, I actually really recommend this film as something to watch just as far as how confusing it is. It's sort of fascinating to try and dissect what went wrong because it, it's just missing a whole heap of stuff. And something must have happened, I'm speculating, but there must have been some kind of budget thing or a deadline thing where they just didn't have enough film. And so they just slapped a bunch of extra stuff into it, like that big, long 10-minute section of Dot and the Kangaroo, to bring up the runtime. But the ending is missing. 
Like what, the, how we get to like the the end credits is so bizarre and abrupt and sudden. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm I'm spoiling what are the joys of what it, what is to come. <laughs> we are back in uh, in you know present day 1980s Australia with dot live action dot talking to her. Uh, Here comes the song. This is Bushman the um, this is the song of the whole ingenuity. Piece. Ingenuity, a classic tune. Yeah. Holy moly! Hey, whackamole! <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And at no point the parents coming out and going, "What are you? Who are you?" <laughs> you know, yeah. like, well, this is okay. So I think we can safely assume the kids have killed their parents. They are dead. <laughs> they have no parents. There's the village There's of the damned absolutely again. Absolutely nothing here that shows that they have maybe ever had parents. Yeah. Or dispatch of them with their minds. They're in the basement. <laughs> so, I mean, people are probably, if again, if they haven't seen this and they're watching along or just listening to us talk, going, what the hell does this film have to do with Christmas or Santa Claus? Um, it's a damn good question. There is literally no way we could get from the situation we're in now, which is random strange man building a bunch of craft stuff, um, and seeing a song about like ingenuity and invention, um, how do we get to it's Christmas sorry, sorry, from at this here? moment? At this moment, he's talking about going to the moon, but he's wearing a bicycle helmet <laughs> or, a, or a motorcycle helmet with the word "moon" or "bus" written on it, so it looks like a spaceman's helmet. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> just <laughs> oh, look here! Here comes the Santa Claus transformation. There you go. So suddenly he's just dressed up in a pound store Santa Claus outfit. <laughs> he's turned two benches into a sled. Um, still singing about vehicles and invention. Um, so, but he's not Santa Claus. This is an important point to, to, to keep bearing in mind. At no point... <laughs> oh my we, God, that kangaroo He does not want to be held. <laughs> that is one angry wallaby. <laughs> that was going to go for its, his throat. He's throwing up some gang signs now to spell up ingenuity. What was that? What was he spelling? Holiday. Ingenuity. Here we go. Here we go. And ta-da! Oh, my God. (laughs) One wallaby becomes two kangaroos. And they swap places. Yep. (laughs) They're so angry. As in life. From this... So, okay. So, what's happened is he dressed up as Santa Claus... Something terrible has happened to the little girl, and so she's created this fantasy world where he's now flying her away as Santa Claus. They're all cartoons, and instead of reindeer, two of the kangaroos that live on the petting zoo are uh, leading the sled. I don't We've missed agree a part with this of the plot out here, actually. Happened to Dot. There's, there's the part when they were looking oh. at the diary, There kind of goes back to Dot and the kangaroo, and it's the Joey, the baby kangaroo, is still missing. She still wants to find the little kangaroo, so... That's where they've headed off to now, apparently, to find Joey, the baby kangaroo. That, that is the that scenario is. she she is uh, um, indulging. How many hundreds of years have passed? I think that kangaroo <laughs> is dead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dot did it. The thing is, I, I think, like, on paper, I, I do get what the story is meant to be, but... It's so flawed in its execution. It, it is a fascinatingly flawed film. What was wrong with those frogs? 
Why were they hankies? Well, they turned, they, they sort of were frogs. And then in that shot, they were like lily pads that turned into frogs. And I think yeah, maybe why? that shot was meant to go first. I'm so confused. But why did the lily pads turn into frogs? I don't understand. Through the magic of animation. Come on, get on board, <laughs> everyone. Um, so now the kangaroo, the two kangaroos, it's a couple, I guess. And one of them's all grumpy and the other's really sleepy reasons one's bashful they just need to like okay give them each a characteristic (laughs) uh some wonderful overlays to create fog and um just general flying effects i like how sometimes they need to kind of swim to fly and then sometimes they just like stand Stand in place dot has aged well, Don't worry, she'll be young again. Day. Yeah, <laughs> she'll be young again in ten minutes, and then she'll be what old the again. Hell? And then wait, how are we in the sky with the planet? Okay, so another musical number, her boy. Hey, <laughs> blimey! Oh no, I know. This is a. This is supposed to be about tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> it, yes, it's uh, uh, all Why doesn't how. he have a shirt? We were watching. Um, uh, Fargo earlier today and there was a character in it who set in the 50s and there's this character who was brilliantly written as a sort of benevolent racist woman like someone who I think fancies themselves as being incredibly progressive and in the the acting is actually incredibly racist and I sort of feel that's what's happened with this song like it's it is ostensibly a song about equality and but by using nothing but stereotypes yeah all of the character designs are like really heavy stereotypes of the they don't have feet or toes they're all barefoot oh i just want to point out there was like a little slideshow of different races and then clowns were in there (laughs) (laughs) what's he trying to say race clowns no matter what color creed black white asian cloud (laughs) <laughs> um, I mean a sweet message at its heart I suppose why but, is it um, here though well, How, it's, what's it's, that got to do with a baby kangaroo well they're beginning their, their journey around the world so the idea they need to find the kangaroo in Japan but wherever um, spoilers alert but they're not even out of Australia yet wherever they go the Joey has already moved on so they have to go to a different country and they learn along the way not a whole lot lot to be honest like the idea is that you would learn a bunch of stuff at each country you stop off in but they really don't like there's no real educational value to this film either certainly not a lot that's kind of holds up to like factual scrutiny now well that's unfair because earlier on uh, we saw them drinking out of a big smelly pond and that's taught me about survival skills so uh, I'm sure. learning I'm getting it come on I think the I think it's just the kind of thing of okay we did a film about wildlife so let's do a film about culture the wildlife film, I think, lands a lot better, even though it's it's about as good production values as this, Dot and the Kangaroo. But, it you know, you go from animal to animal and they sing a little song about their animal trait. Um, and that, that sort of works just about. And then there's, you know, the folklore stuff like the bunyip. That was a nice little moment in it. Um, 
Oh, this bit it really used to fuck my head up as a kid. The animation and the interaction here. And the kid's on the wrong side of the plane. What's she going to do to him? I think I'm, his mum's going to kill him. That was really weird. And by the way, we never go back to that. And also, in a, a yet another completely different style. Yeah. Every character in this is in a completely different style. Like, as the film is going on, Dot's eyes are getting more and more manic and huge. <laughs> They're like the size of plates now. Well, the Santa design changes. Yeah, the Santa is now like, quite detailed. And the mum inside the plane with the little boy was almost a bit Bill Plumpton-y. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. It's I so confusing. <laughs> they just had any animator that was around do a bit, didn't they? It is a bit like a, a jam, isn't it? It's like it was made in a kind of uh, animation jam <laughs> style. at the time, there was only 12 Australian animators. I like for the <laughs> Volcano Monster, they did about two and a half seconds of animation. Yeah, why are they losing they it so much? <laughs> Like a minute and a half. <laughs> now they're just going around in a circle. They're never going to get out of bloody Australia. Not with that volcano in the way. Because that's how volcanoes work. Just go around it. <laughs> they should, yeah. If only you had or been over, on that Or over, you're in a plane. <laughs> You're literally magic. Do whatever you want. This is some of my favourite um, compositing. Because like, it's like a vertical wall of water for most of the like, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> Now they're underwater? Like, surf's up. <laughs> Look out, there's a massive wave behind you. Oh, no, it's just crap. <laughs> I like that the background also has a texture, like they've put it up against a green screen. It's really weird. Oh, every shot is so wrong and confusing and complex. Dumbo? I, I think it's probably a different animal. Oh, hello. Why did the... I feel like whoever drew Santa really regretted putting the textures on the edge of his beard. Yeah, you can tell that one of the other Santa animators like, is like, fuck that, because there's no texture around the beard later on. Yeah. Or well, maybe they just animated it chronologically and the first guy's like, you know, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> i got to simplify the also, beard. No, 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 no. Also, why has this whale got nostrils? <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. This is... <laughs> the, the sequence is about, is, has been set off by this whale's blowhole and it's still got nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an elephant. Whale... It's so confusing. <laughs> the whale has told them that he's going to uh, give them a lift to Japan because he's going that way. Um, I don't think he wants to go there. And uh, now he's saying, okay, I, I can't go any further. He gave them a lift for seven seconds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> also, he was going literally the opposite way of the direction they were flying to Japan. <laughs> this whale is a dick. I don't think this whale knows where Japan is. Well, he's, Clearly he, not. he smells trouble like, with oh, his shit, massive they took nostrils. took me up on my offer. <laughs> that was the same piece of animation of the eye. Oh, you'll see a lot of that <laughs> recycled animation. Jesus. At one point later on, 
they like have to do like a choir effect, so they just animate one character and like kaleidoscope it. <laughs> to make it look. So we're in Japan now. Yeah. Are they, we just going to look at Japan, or are we going to stop there and do stuff? Or. Uh, well, I mean, the the intention is to stop at one point. Um, Jesus, her eyes. Go into the... Oh yeah, that well-known thing of the Japanese actual dragon. Ah. They weren't expecting that, a dragon battle. Whoa! I wonder if there's going to be some kind of twist. Whoa! <laughs> like Whoa! Again, they're just the doing the same thing over and over again! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Look, we've only got a limited amount of green paint for this dragon, so we're going we're gonna to have to... <laughs> now he's a blanket. Oh, it's Batman now. What the heck is happening? <laughs> They've drawn a dragon like wow. I'd have drawn a dragon when I was eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, a lot of this... A lot, oh, more kaleidoscopes. Oh, my. Where, where, are they on drugs now? I, I From the start. <laughs> Take I'm pretty a sure someone was slipped something. <laughs> and they were kites. Oh. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh no! You got it. You got it. I'm sorry, but the state of this. It was a kite all along. I just thought I'd entertain you for a while. Oh, Grumble Bones, you old. Of lord. course, the moment I fucking say lesser, it's not the bit. <gasps> How strong is this kid? <laughs> <laughs> Design, two kangaroos and two people. Aye. Oh no. Aye, aye, aye. Oh no. Oh no, oh no, oh no. I actually said congratulations. Oh no, I know. Oh boy. Stop it, make it stop. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, that, that dates it a little bit. I went full old lady and us then. I mean, it, 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 it dates it, but like. And it's the same animation as well. They're repeating the animation of the uh, man with the person with the mask on, uh, with the worst accent being, yeah. Well, that's the beauty of having a mask is you can loop it and you don't need to worry about lip sync. Yeah, it's Danger Mouse's steering wheel, isn't it? <laughs> I'll read in the newspaper. Uh, so again, uh, another instance of benevolent oh, intent. changed. Beard's uh, now back about, to a yep. straight line beard now. And so we have this uh, fish character. This is kind of echoes of, you know, Dot and the Kangaroo, just like super racially problematic. Yeah. I mean, are we going to be racist in every country? Is that what? I can't remember what happens. Well, sort of. I think it, it basically. Um, it, it extrapolates, I guess, what they imagine probably kids would identify about different cultures. That's the sort of problem I think with like growing up in the eighties. There was a lot of when you look back at like how things things were depicted and cultures were depicted and stuff. It was generally pretty broad, so a kids' film would kind of play that up, you know. Um, and then they kind of. Got their act together a little bit by the nineties, um, but this is—I kind of let you 
people often ask where did the sort of stereotypes come from. A lot of it's from the sort of continued cultivation of movies and TV shows that were just like, screw it, let's just do this lazily. So later on, you know, they're in Paris and um, uh, it's it's very sort of um, stereotypically French, like the most obvious song, I think it's Frère Jacques and... Um, you know, obviously, oh, where where do they go in in France? It'll have to be Paris. It'll have to be the Eiffel Tower. So it's like the the absolute sort of top of the list of obviousness. So it comes from, I think, a place of laziness and obviousness rather than like you know malice. Mm. Um, and you know, I think that this this stuff like the 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 wacky accents that comes from a place of just like not caring about that being taken a certain way and it not really probably being brought up as being bad at the time. You know, the lessons that uh, uh, we've kind of learned recently with stuff like uh, Apu and the Simpsons comes to mind that uh, it just wasn't a big deal because no one ever said it was a big deal. And so it was just sort of okay. No one really questioned it. And then it takes someone actually calling it into question for it even to occur to a lot of people that, oh, wait, actually, hmm. So I think that, you know, it, it seems a lot more obvious to us now watching it that it's like, oh, for goodness sake. But at the time, it probably, people probably didn't bat an eyelid at it. It's, uh, yeah. Mm. I think you said something earlier on. I don't, I don't know if you, you meant it this way, but the idea of what kids would understand. Well, the only reason that kids would understand stereotypes is because they're having stereotypes enforced on them oh no that's what i meant i'm you know i'm not saying it was a good yeah. thing <laughs> but it was yeah oh, that I, know, was I know that the i know that 100 yeah <laughs> you know that was that was just how it kind of yeah another economic stretch of the film <laughs> i don't know i think they just went to like a local primary school and filmed some drawings of farms this was always the bit I'd fast forward because, you know. I hope that somebody had taped football over. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, from this sort of bit onwards until like right near the end, there's not a lot in the film that kind of lingers in memory. Uh, I like the Lynchian font for this sequence. Um, it's like it's almost trying to do a sort of George switched Gable, kind of. Is that is that a guy with using one one image and filming bits of it so it looks like it's moving? There was a bit there with a the horse. Hmm. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I think they just had. <laughs> they were probably like an extra five minutes under, even <laughs> after all the other concessions. It was like, okay, we got to find something <laughs> to fill up a bit with. Oh, we'll do a thing about the Four Seasons and just film some uh, some kids' drawings. So this is set during um, Christmas time. What, what what have the seasons got to do with it? No, no, don't worry about it. Fine. <laughs> We've got the money in the bank. We just need to make the minutes up. Don't worry about it. It really sounds like hold music. <laughs> I remember the piano awesome. in this piece of music really reminded me of um, the love theme from Flashdance, which was a cassette that was often played... Uh, in our home. <laughs> Literally never seen that film, but I know the soundtrack backwards. 
Yeah, oh, now this is kind of like a sort of early intermission. <laughs> Maybe it's to kind of like make you yearn for the comparative animation of when there are characters doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, they probably know that at this point, you know, we're all watching it, taking the mickey going, oh, oh, you think this is as bad as it can get? Oh, well, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Now that is laziest animation I've ever seen. Just using uh, just using the, the the bevels in the glass to make it look like there's somebody skiing down a hill. <laughs> so there was nine dot films in total, if you believe it. Good lord. And this was the second, is that right? It's the second, yeah. So you have Dot and the mm-hmm. Kangaroo, Dot and Santa Claus or or Around the World with Dot. Dot and the Bunny, Dot and the Koala, Dot and Keto, Dot and the Whale, Dot and the Smugglers, Dot goes to Hollywood, and Dot in Space. <laughs> now, does in any of those films, does she ever find the fucking Joey? Uh, I, I, I think her, um, her goals vary. <laughs> or rather, I should say, does she ever reunite the Joey with the kangaroo? This is the issue. There's, there's. This is going to shock and uh, perplex people listening. There's actually kind of a dearth of continuity between the films. I know, right? Um, wow. So at the end of this one, she's found the Joey, but then in the next one, the fucking Joey's still lost, and she's looking for the Joey for the kangaroo, and then she sees the kangaroo again, and this, the next one's Dot and the Bunny. That was as far as I got. Um, and... The kangaroo's all sad because, oh, Joey's still lost and I was never reunited. So, well, what the fuck happened at the end of Dot Around the World then? <laughs> it was all for naught. It really was some kind of trauma-induced hallucination, surely. So then the kangaroo goes off with the bunny because the bunny's a bit like a Joey. And the kangaroo's like, like fuck it, he'll do. <laughs> so like she gets closure. <laughs> but meanwhile, Joey is still lost or dead or something. <laughs> But it is sort of implied at the end of this one that, like, the Dot will try and uh, reconcile the Joey and the kangaroo. And it's just not addressed again. And all of the events of this film aren't brought up again. And it's just, uh, <laughs> can you imagine? So we're finding out that the Joey uh, was a performing Joey. In, uh, are they in Russia now? They are. In the Russian circuit. Judging by the stereotypes, I would say we're in Russia. Yeah, look at their headwear, yes. <laughs> look at the size of those moustaches. <laughs> <laughs> Again, completely different design and animation style. Yeah. Oh, look, the backgrounds have changed again. <laughs> Just if I remember right, there is another Christmassy kind of thing coming up, which is another thing that sticks in my head in this film, and I won't spoil it until we get to it. But um, the story of the first Christmas tree, that's another uh, moment which does actually stick in my memory. I don't know if it's true. I, of course, What the hell not, is wrong with that seal? What the hell is that <laughs> thing? Ooh, it's, <laughs> a, is that, it's a monkey is that, that needs a, a shave. Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> big I want to point out something else pretty amazing. How the seal talks, which I think is going to happen in a minute. Doesn't. Ah! Why does it talk like a snake? 
<laughs> it's, it's a seal. Oh my god, that monkey is the most terrifying thing that's ever existed. Do they just think that all animals that begin with S have to talk like this? <laughs> that monkey was terrifying. It was like the monkey from Toy Story 3. <laughs> it was all gums. What's oh, wrong is, with that camera? What? 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 Is that a joke? Is that based on something? Is Was that... she not a zebra to start with? She's a white pony who spent so many, so many years behind bars. She has stripes now. And why? Um, why would they lock a, a pony up? Because she wasn't a zebra. What? The f- huh? I think the idea. My was God, to just, I like, remember that. Confuse the shit out of the kids so much. That we wouldn't question yeah. the the greater logistical issues with the film. Oh, here we go. What the state of him? Oh, he's just a Why sad is clown. He's so detailed. Bit. Yeah. So sad. Clown. <laughs> Clowns are people too. The clown is a metaphor for I don't know. Hey, be careful! You don't want to be clown racist. We've had this before. Clowns are a race. Yeah, this guy has a, has a real. <laughs> Why thing is there clowns. a bat now? Bat. That bat was so big and disappeared so quickly. <laughs> he just vanished. They, they move fast in the night. <clears throat> this is one of the, the musical numbers that goes on just a Ooh, bit too long. Circus is a prison. I remember this now. Yeah. I'm really freaked out by the seal. Why is the elephant wearing a hat? Because he's fabulous. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that lion. <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, the lion is so horrible yeah you want to lock it up mate it's a lion uh, it's Oof. all skin it's just skin around a bone gruel uh, oh, there's fire in his eyes though he's going to have his revenge one live day. action fire in his eyes <laughs> So, what are your uh, memories of this uh, over over overriding memories of this growing up, Aaron? Obviously, this is something that we've when we started the uh, the film club. Uh, you you couldn't wait for a dot film to be a part of the series. I, that's true. I don't know where that came from. To be honest, I mean, I've, we've had dot different dot films. I think the first four of them on VHS since we taped them off TV back in the eighties. So, kind of grown up with them, and um, we watched them. Year after year, and this one was like a Christmas classic in the early days of my life. I've kind of slipped out of my consciousness a lot in the last 30 years. But um, so it's good to see it again. But it's it's so dated. It's so it's it's not how I I can remember all these sequences, but not in the same way. If if that makes sense. Yeah, seeing in a completely different light now. Um, Yeah. It is amazing how our memory ups the production values of stuff from the Absolutely. 80s. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Or from childhood. I mean, I, I, I discussed as watching, uh, I think a joked about as watching Care Bears the movie. And I remember that, I don't remember anything bad about the quality of that, but I can imagine us watching it, it's going to be the worst thing, you know, if, we did, if, we, if, if I did go anywhere near it again. It would be just like this. Because oh, yeah. it cost £40 to make. 
But it's so strange how, like, um, I remember when I was talking to Rusto the last time, and he made a, a good point about the nature of dreams and memory, because that was sort of the theme of his last film. And the way memory works, it's kind of like uh, files on a hard drive, is every time you remember something, you're opening the file and you're fucking around with it, and then you put it back, and you don't realize you do it. But you remember things and you remember things and you're changing the memory and then all of a sudden you watch a film and like you'll see a scene in it that's completely different from how you remember. It's like, did they change that? And of course they couldn't have changed it unless, you know, I mean, sometimes uh, yeah. if it's like an alternate cut or something. But most of the time it's just that, oh, you're just remembering things either differently or embellished or... And sometimes it's really weird things like the shot will be flipped or there'll be a different piece of music or no music or, um, or I'm sure it was that actor playing that character and it's someone else. And, um, there are people who like believe that it's all down to like us crossing into parallel universes, uh, like the Mandela effect and stuff like that. But I think that's a huge culprit when it comes to the rose tinted memories we have of these old films and old TV shows. Um, you know, what we would sort of picture in our heads would be something probably of Disney quality because, you know, that's the best example of what you would have seen at the time. And so, you know, it kind of makes sense, I guess, to preserve the memory in that sort of way. And then, you know, and also as a kid, you don't really know the difference. You can maybe sort of tell on a, on a, on a certain level that what you're watching looks a bit off um, compared to like a big budget theatrical feature film. But you're not really thinking, oh, man, the frame rate's really, you know, lazy. And, uh, oh, they're reusing a lot of the, the, the walk cycles inappropriately. And, oh, the proportions to the background are all way off. Um, so. I remember watching cartoons with my brother as a kid. Um, and I could, I used to do, when we were watching stuff like the old Hanna-Barbera uh, and things like this, I'd, tell, I'd say stuff to him like, that bit's going to move. And mm-hmm. he'd go, no, it's not. And then it'd move, and you go, "How did you know?" And it's obviously because it's a lighter color, or you know, it, it's obviously on a cell above. But it's stuff that I picked up really young as a kid that I knew how it was made, and I kind of, oh, I, I pieced it together how it was made uh, as a as a kid. And, and yeah, it's the lesser quality stuff that that like the props and things like that. You know, that's going to move because like that door opening and things like that because because um, it's a cell and not. A part of the background painting which has got a lot more detail on it um yeah something i uh i remember as a as a kid is that a lady bear I yeah so. <laughs> she's the matriarch okay oh hello <laughs> oh yeah my that is that is quite a pose that's not how a lady sits that was an interesting way to start sitting where are we now is it like siberia yeah or canada <laughs> Um, yeah, that is a, a Siberian bear spreading. <laughs> oh, now that bear laughing, that's something to bear in mind for later. Just going to say foreshadowing. Just in case people aren't watching, the matriarch bear is sitting at the dinner table, like leaned back in a chair and she's put her legs on the table but completely like spread out like as if she's about to give birth <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
Doc has no eyebrows. What a bitch. Give it five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing to that hat? Yeah, if you he don't, likes it. If you don't. Where's <laughs> 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 her hand? What's going on? This is so weird. So was this the, was this the fable you were telling us about before, Aaron? That you remember? Yeah, this is um. The only thing I've taken away in memory from this film is the the story of the first Christmas tree. Apparently, was in Siberia, and here we are now with the little bear who brings home a little Christmas tree. And yeah, um, oh, I'm just oh, sorry, trying to follow along as um, so I haven't just jogging my memory, but I think little kid, little bear tries to take home a little Christmas tree. And then the Tsar or someone comes out and says, you can all have a free Christmas tree. All of you take home a tree. This little Christmas tree is too small to burn for wood when he takes it home. So his family say, keep it and we'll decorate it every year. So it becomes the first Christmas tree ever. That's the um, story, I think. Which is a nice little Christmas moment, I think. Where? Let's point out we're 45 minutes into the film, I think, at least, and it's taken this long for anything Christmas-related to come up, <laughs> other than the child kidnapper being dressed as Santa Claus to, uh, you know, earn her trust or whatever. So it's about, I'm glad, he, I'm glad there was finally a reference to Christmas that appeared in our Christmas movie podcast. And there's snow, don't forget that. And snow, yeah. For now. Um, do you remember much about Dot and the Kangaroo, Aaron? Yeah, um, mainly the Bunyip. The Bunyip song, I think, is yeah. the thing everyone remembers. But yeah, um, I can remember this. I can remember the sequences, the songs. Again, that's a film that I haven't watched for probably thirty years, but. There's, there's sequences in my head that if I watched it again, it would feel like putting on an old pair of shoes, I think, and I just recognise mm. all the characters and the songs and everything. Um, I'm, I don't it's, know if I was getting this confused. Is it on the kangaroo, or is it a completely unrelated dot film, where they, they, they're looking at old war machines, war tanks and things, rusty tanks? Am I wrong? Is that dot? I, I don't think that's dot and the kangaroo. <laughs> There's maybe it's another dot film actually. Um, it I could them. be. It could be. There's a. There's often a uh, an angle of of um, Joram Gross's films that are anti-war or you know uh, very kind of. I mean, I don't know what a, a bear spread eagle on a Christmas table uh, <laughs> has to do with being anti-war, but uh, pinching asses. But um, yeah, uh, there is often um, often that as part of the. Uh, the yeah, the, the well, like, I caught something a bit Orwellian in her dialogue just then about like all beings being equal, but some being more equal than others. So I'm, I'm assuming if I watched this and, and paid attention, there'd be some kind of biting satire or just plagiarism from Animal Farm. And there we go again, the same same cycle. And they're off. <laughs> At this point, we're watching it and think, and and I mean, we did, we only saw that two seconds ago, but like we're, at this point, we're watching it thinking, when is it new animation? Is this I new? Love bit the, new? the flying animation on the, uh, the kangaroos. 
Like they're just doing the Egyptian. Steve, Steve, in your research, did you find out how much the budget was? I'd love to know what this was made on. Oh, that's a that's a very good question that I don't have an answer to. Oh, that's no, a shame. I didn't. I think it was a hundred pounds and five <laughs> cherry ripes. <laughs> <laughs> Which in nineteen eighty one was the equivalent animator. of six cherry ripes. <laughs> Holy look at all these characters they animated. There must have been so much labour. Fucking <laughs> 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 And they're all in perfect sync as well. It is a perfect lesson how to get away with so little work, isn't it? <laughs> why this, this, just... Why? It reminds me of that guy who did that uh, Hippopotamus film a few years oh, ago. Remember God, that really yeah. controversial one? And uh, a lot of people didn't like it because it had, like, you know, children being beaten to death on rocks. But I didn't like it because he animated, like, 20 seconds and recycled the animation for five fucking minutes. <laughs> Hippopotamy was it? Yeah, yeah. But it has a sort of similar kind of almost kaleidoscopic end result. Oh, a bit more Christmas stuff going on. I spoke too soon. Uh, oh, did a reindeer just disappear? A I saw that. I think a character just disappeared <laughs> mid-shot a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Did that just come from? Why do some of the am- animals have black, like inverted eyes, where they have like black, whites, and lifeless eyes, white like people. a doll's eyes? Like, but there's no consistency to it. Like, I, I, I don't know why some animals have it and some don't. I just imagine lack of diligence in the ink and paint stage. It's really weird. like the squirrel. Hmm. Yeah, it's an odd one, this. Yeah, look at those deers. Blinking in the background, yeah. They're all blinking at exactly the same time. (laughs) And now a blink. (laughs) Why is everyone blinking? Now that you pointed it out, it's (laughs) freaking... Why is everyone blinking so much? Is this song about blinking? That is a big animation fuck up. You can't have your characters blink. Why are they too blinking? Much. What's he doing? Everyone's blinking, because that's how we animate life. There's also like this song I think that just finished. It's kind <laughs> of a, a, a dreadful message. It's they're being chastised for being uh, kangaroos pulling a sled when that's the reindeer's job. And so he just sings this song that's basically just like, stick in your lane, mate. <laughs> only, <laughs> only do what you're good at. Why is it that whenever there's a film that has reindeers in it and their reindeers are like to do with Santa, they're always such job worths and such assholes? <laughs> like, why don't they ever just reflect them as a reindeer would actually be, which is like, hey, I'm tired. Hey. <laughs> like, that's just, literally their thought process. Rain dicks. Yes. Just snobs won't let you play in any reindeer They're games. They're really grumpy. <laughs> uh, I don't have an answer to that, I'm afraid. Is it somehow funny? Well, I mean, my, I'm looking at my sides and they're still just about intact. So, um... Can we move on from the deers now? 
bored of watching her <laughs> blinking stupid faces. It is a slight issue with this format of the not being able to fast forward. <laughs> Nana's a goat. Oh. The Santa Claus laughing like really. Note the very simplistic beard he has now. Yeah. Yeah. He has no ears and he has no whites to his eyes. They've not even. Wee, they've not even bothered. The, the Egyptian yeah. again. <laughs> <It's> again. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you see animation where people can't quite get their head around animating from the angle they're looking at. Oh yeah. So like. <laughs> So they'd be moving forward. So how do we make that look like it's moving forward? Just do it on the side. <laughs> do it on a half angle. No one will know. <laughs> oh, I found, her, I found <laughs> her eyebrows finally. They're under her hair. Look how much her hair's grown. And then back. Back to the <laughs> scully bob. They don't, they don't even do keep... now with them? I don't understand... <laughs> They're always just sort of floating touching the sky a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're in France. What the hell was happening there? um... It read more like birds were pooping other birds than it did birds flying. Uh, Another pooping words. (laughs) Now we're learning about French. Yes, with the very uh, thick French accents. And <coughs> Here's another Christmas moment, isn't it? This is the um, different <coughs> version, different languages of Merry Christmas, and I think that's all the Christmas we get now until <laughs> the end. <laughs> that's our lot. Yeah. So I hope you're, you're feeling the Christmas spirit, kids. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I've just turned it up for a little bit. They want to go to England. Yeah, that's the one. See, if this film was made now, the the go-to French song would be that, like, because that's just like the This Is France song. It's, it's taken the mantle of uh, Alouetta. Are they still looking for this Joey? They are, are I they think. St- I mean, uh, is the, are, they, are they just on a jolly now? Is the? I thought the I thought we found the Joey in the in the circus. That was another. No, one. that was. It was being told a story of when the Joey was there, but he's moved on. He uh, escaped with the bear. Oh, I see. So what are they going to in like come into contact with in England? Fish and chips, the Queen. Uh, well, you 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 hit, got it in two. Oh really? my goodness! Look where they are. <laughs> the one English location, Buckingham Palace. <laughs> there are probably other places in England too, but no, there isn't. <laughs> we all just live there. <laughs> Why is he eating the grass like that? That's also the grass length he's eating is not the grass length of the grass they're the- in. Oh, hello. There's something sort of going a bit screwy with the uh, projection yeah. of like how they photograph the animation. It keeps going in and out of focus. Mm. Which I don't understand how that happened. Yeah, I don't really... Hello, it's a Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Santa's face. 
<laughs> oh, I need to listen <laughs> so to this. Small. I need to listen to how he's talking. I landed a few minutes ago. You landed a few minutes ago, did you, sir? And where exactly is your flying apparatus or aerial vehicle? Hey. Oh, <laughs> where is your flying apparatus or aerial vehicle? My goodness. See, at least no. he's in Victorian clothes. That's not even what a British policeman looks like, though. I mean, we're pretty iconic <laughs> with the helmet and the, the dress, like, 50-odd years. And Yeah, a lot of this is like, we draw a British policeman from memory. <laughs> <laughs> After drinking this bottle of vodka. <laughs> Do you think that lion's going to start moving? Well, uh, yes, I think. I'm using my Stevo vision. <laughs> and I, I, I think I, I can see some movement coming up in the future. <laughs> I'm glad I've taught you something, Ben. <laughs> I passed on the power to you. Use it wisely, use it responsibly. <laughs> Don't use it to amaze your right. siblings. <laughs> How come Fred Flintstone's skin around his mouth is so faded? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus. What is happening to Dot? She can see time. Now, I'd like to point out that the <laughs> Santa Claus has been taken away by a police officer, so she might be safe now that the man who's kidding, if he has indeed taken her to England. But now she's stuck For in whatever England. trafficking pr- plan he has. He, the Bobby's got him, and she can make a run for it now. But she's stuck in England with no shoes. <laughs> and memories of talking weird bears. Yeah, she's, she's trapped in her, her mind. She's had a psychotic episode. <laughs> What's with her eye? That's not how eyes work. Also, where, yeah, where, where's the, um, what's the white bit called around your eyes? The whites? I thought it was just called the, the white whites bit. Of your yeah, eyes. the whites. Yeah, iris yep. and pupil are similar. Do you know yeah. it? Uh, the pupil is the black bit, and the iris is the coloured bit, and the white bit I just call the whites. Like eggs. Yes. But uh, maybe, oh, oh my goodness, God. this is coming back to me. Yeah, this bit is as well to me. I always, I always didn't know what that thing was that's leaning up against. What's what toy is that supposed to be? And I've the still got no idea. Yeah. I think it's some kind of totem. <laughs> <laughs> is it a whistle Jesus. like she's really buxom I don't like it yeah I don't like the way she kind of like poses she like strikes these sort of like catwalk poses as this weird thick dolly thing yeah. torturing her fellow made toys the <laughs> most terrifying toys it really the the whole black iris the black whites for eyes thing is really troubling because whenever they use it, it makes the character seem demonic because it's not for all of them. No. And she doesn't have any. She's just got holes for eyes. Yeah, they're meant to be like button eyes. But there's no button. Element. It's like a psychotic <laughs> episode of Raggy Dolls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey! What? The lion is crying. He's been made with a potato stamp. (laughs) So this is kind of, I guess, is he telling her the ways of the lion or the ways of statues? Or the way of the English. (laughs) Or the ways of the British. Meanwhile, policeman and uh, Santa are off on (laughs) a date. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, they're on first dates. Ah, John Bradford. They've just walked past that same archway. 
<laughs> Why? How? Was it that hard to take a photo of more than one bit of street? They've, they're only on screen for five seconds. <laughs> what? Okay, there was a sequence just then where he's telling a story of a hotel maid. And How did he ever see that? serving tea next to another lion statue. And then she disappears into thin air. And then her cart like rolls down the hallway and hits the wall and explodes. <laughs> how, did, how did he even see any of that? I, yeah. Why? How, hmm. I, and I know that if I watch it again with sound, it'll make less sense. Mm. That's what this film has taught me. Hang on. You these were what? the guys from earlier. We've seen this animation. These were in the circus. Are they the same oh, guys? They around. Really? Yeah, but they, they change the uniform colours. I've oh. noticed some repeated animation in this film. <laughs> <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> you know what strikes me about all the photos they use in the background is that, is that they're all photos that the director probably took on his one holiday to England. <laughs> and so he has eight photos to use. Like, he didn't go there specifically for this purpose. He just These are just happened to be the photos he has, so he has to base the film around those photos. That would definitely like explain... A why the narrative feels so strung together Mm. and arbitrary. Like, we go from point A to point B to point C for no real reason. There's no real progress made. And like I say, no real... Like, there isn't a lot of factoids. Like, there's a couple of little passing um, stories and things like that. How the hell did we get to New York from England? So briefly, a flying sled. I guess that would make kind of sense. <laughs> we missed Ireland. <laughs> we just went straight. Well, the Joey's not an island. They they found out that the Joey's uh, in New York, so they just like fuck Ireland. We'll do that for the next stop. Are they going stop, to maybe. the zoo? Uh, yes, I think they they want to stop off at the Central Park Zoo. It is a bit unusual <laughs> that we watched a we we watched a film which was entirely about crossing the Atlantic in James and the Giant Peach to get to New York. Mm. And and this is like right across the we crossed it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We've got from Australia got to New again. York via England and China and Japan in like ten minutes. <laughs> and now they're at the United Nations. Uh, this is a, a another confusing sequence. I know you're surprised to hear that. Um, <laughs> Again, this is when it just sort of like tonally shifts completely in a different direction with the comedy mouse, um, like the American pseudo Mickey Mouse character and his little barbed remarks as regards capitalism and um, Western culture in general, I guess, and the deification of, of things like Mickey Mouse and stuff. And it just feels like at this point, Yoram Gross or whoever was the script writer had a bit of a chip on his shoulder about some shit. <laughs> and maybe he'd had some bad meetings in New York or... Um... So yeah, this stuff about like how the United Nations kind of does business. Yep. He's literally become Mickey Mouse now. How do they get away with that? Well, he... I, I, I think uh, they they did it to a point where 
where it's like all the drawings, you can't tell that it's supposed to be Santa Claus. You can't tell that it's supposed to be a little girl. You can't tell that it's supposed to be you Mickey Mouse. You can't tell that was meant to be Mickey. Yeah. With a big There's cigar in his mouth. absolutely no way that wasn't <laughs> Mickey Mouse. That's like when you see like, you know, someone who has like a dodgy ice cream truck and they've just gotten their nephew to draw like Disney characters <laughs> on the window and they're just a bit wrong. <laughs> but you get yeah. it. Do you remember what he's singing about now? He's doing a little song and dance number, but what is he? What's he talking about? Being ill-proportioned. <laughs> Being a, a, a mouse that can grow. When you're at in will. New York, you'll grow five sizes in two seconds. Look, at, look, look how big he is next to that bench. <laughs> what is happening? I mean, it is New York, but Jesus, he's walking on shadows. And he's singing about how brilliant New York is. It's like a kind of New York, New York. Yeah. Da, 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 da. That was some great parallaxing. What the hell is he on? A balloon? He's huge. He's human size now. We've seen him like a clang, clang, clang as he's dancing up and down on top of the, the bonnet of the car. Now he's on a balloon again. Clearly on the bit where he'd slide off. <laughs> Very irritating. I just don't see the point. Of the backgrounds. There's a few frames what missing from doing? that dance, isn't Jesus there? Jesus Christ, is he on speed? <laughs> now he's walking on water. He's Jesus. I'm a Jesus mouse. <laughs> Look at me. I'm Jesus mouse. What's happening? <laughs> like, there's just no consistency to anything. Just pick something. <laughs> just one thing and do it. There hasn't been one shot that's consistent with another shot in this film. <laughs> it's, ma- it's majestic how at every turn that everything's a little bit wrong and again like i said before this is why i think this is like absolutely like essential viewing for people interested in animation like in the same way that like the room is essential viewing if you're interested in filmmaking like it's genuinely a good education to see something that's getting something wrong in every shot <laughs> well, Joran Gross, the director, obviously, he, had, he he was this kind of he's a figure that's kind of revered a bit in in Australia because of his you know prolific output and you know he made uh, sixteen feature films during his lifetime. He did stop motion. He did he did whatever the heck this is. He did, you know, he did he did 2D. He created Blinky Bill. He kind of established a sort of uh, or built on an already a slightly established Australian animation industry. And so he's very well respected. And you know, when you look at it, you go, "Wow, 16 feature films. That's incredible." But then when you watch the films, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, well, yeah, okay, fine." <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure you know. In in intent, he um, didn't want to rush these films out. I'm sure that the the real culprit is more to do with what resources were available to him. Um, yeah, and that is the big lament I think of a lot of you know directors who you know they have an idea for their their universe or whatever, and then there's the realities of what's available. Um, I think this is the bit where they're taking a swipe at the UN. You know, barbed. Um, whatever anyway um 
But yeah, other than this handful of films, I can't say I'm, I'm enormously familiar with his overall output. Um, so it's a bit like Ralph Bakshi. Like, you, you kind of got to love Ralph Bakshi, but like you watch the films and you're like, you know, there's actually quite a lot that's objectively just poor. And uh, I don't know, some I, maybe there's like a sort of correlation between how revered someone is where you, you're sort of allowed to say that or not. Um, mm. but there's something I think like everyone kind of like will see like a shot that kind of isn't working and they kind of all appreciate it doesn't work and why it doesn't work um, but again you know I think revered for being very prolific in a sort of similar way um, and maybe probably also in his case more like the subject matter being more sort of um, envelope pushing perhaps uh, not sure if this film pushed many envelopes. However, oh shit, look who we found hey. in Central Park Zoo. It's the Joey. Mm. Their mission is nearly at an end. I mean, of course, what comes next is the long and laborious journey home back to <laughs> Australia. And of course, the reconciliation with the kangaroo. These are all things that are still pending, right? Yeah, they've got a Surely. Come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Considering three minutes, like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not gonna. They, they, you know, there's no way they could possibly just do some kind of weird cop out ending, even with that small amount of time. They're gonna have to, you know, provide some kind of closure that you know makes a little bit of sense, right? Right. Uh, How did he get inside the? Oh, they're just back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're home! For the f- what? And her nightmare has ended. <laughs> I mean, surely oh, it would have oh, been. Look, there's the Siberian bear. He was the dog the whole time, I guess. What? I like how they've. <laughs> Dancing New York Mouse was just a mouse she had in her hand the whole time. <laughs> she just had it in her pocket. Racist fish is just a goldfish <laughs> in a goldfish bottle somewhere in the house. Which one was her brother? Oh, that's the thing. Ben, the brother, disappeared. We never see him again. <laughs> yeah, like she, she gets. He's to in that knapsack. <laughs> and he's gone. Ben's in fucking bits. <laughs> well, he hasn't been eaten already. He's saving for later. Good Tucker. So he just he's he's off after all the whatever he did to this poor family. And for some reason we're going to New Orleans. Oh, I love this boomerang <laughs> reverse forward video footage to get the parrot to talk <laughs> long enough. Is she saying daddy? Daddy, he's Danny, Danny the swagman. Danny, Danny. Yeah. All right, okay. I always thought when I was a kid that it was daddy, and it's a little bit like, wow, this is <laughs> this is harsh. Don't leave me again, dad. <laughs> Blimey. He looks really sketchy. Yeah, he, the look on his face of that like, last shot of him walking down the, the, the road, <laughs> like he, he he's ashamed of himself. Like, Don't let them find out what I did to those kids. Sketchy, sketchy. Like that. So this that, clearly something happened where they just ran out of money, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're Basically, just like, yeah. I All guess time. the film's done How now. How are there more storyboarders the than there were animators? I find that actually very easy to believe, <laughs> having just seen the animation. But the story made no sense. 
No, I don't think the storyboard artists consulted one another. Uh, <laughs> I think they probably he was just all on the post. Remember. Bed. So, uh, <laughs> thirty seconds left. First of all, Aaron, is it as good as you remember? <laughs> uh, so much better watching it with you guys. I would have. Yeah, it's it's ruined a few childhood memories there, but um, <laughs> it was <laughs> nice to do. see it again. <laughs> with uh, with fifteen seconds left, what are we watching next week? I believe it's uh, Arthur Christmas. Right? Arthur Christmas. Mm. An actual Christmas Wonderful. film. <laughs> yeah, let's go against the, the flow. <laughs> Fantastic. Great to have you, Aaron. Thanks for coming along and helping us through this film. It's been lovely to um, shatter that childhood memory. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Hey. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.